And this morning's verse will be taken from 1 book of Peter, chapter 5, starting at verse 1 and going to verse 11. Now I have something to say to the elders in your group. I am also an elder. I myself have seen Christ's sufferings, and I will share in that glory that will be shown between us. I beg you to take care of God's flock, his people, that you are responsible for. Watch over it because you want to, not because you have to, not because you are forced to do it. That is how God wants it. Do do it because you are happy to serve, not because you want the money. Don't be like a ruler over people you are responsible for. Be good examples to them. Then Christ, the head shepherd, comes. You will receive a crown that is that will be glamorous, glorious, and it will never uh, never lose its beauty. In the same way, younger men should be willing to under older men, and all of you should be very humble with each other. And a verse from Proverbs chapter three, verse thirty-four. God is against the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So humble under God's powerful hand, that then he will lift you up when, you are, when the right time comes. Give all of your worries to him because he cares for you. Control yourselves and be careful. The devil is your enemy, and he goes around like a roaring lion looking for someone to eat. Refuse to give in to the devil. Stand strong in your faith. You know what, you know, you know that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are having the same sufferings you will have. Yes, you will suffer for a short time, but that, but after that, God will make everything right. He will make you strong, and He will support you and keep you from falling. He is the God who gives all grace. He called you to share his, to share in his glory in Christ. That glory will go, will continue forever. All power in his in his forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. I'd like you to imagine that you're in Africa and you're there on a safari watching a pride of lion. There they are. There's one of these lions has left the crowd, the pride, and is lying in the grass. It's seen a herd of zebra. There it is lying there, waiting to pounce. It's looking for a zebra that looks a bit lazy, not in the crowd. It's on, it's on its own, perhaps a young one. And suddenly, as you watch, it leaps to its feet and starts chasing after one of these young zebras. And it catches it. And kills it. Now, in our passage, I don't know if you saw that, uh, we're all warned. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Oh dear. 
See, what Peter's saying is the devil's out to catch us. And he's looking, particularly for people who are perhaps stragglers. How can we safeguard ourselves to make sure that we're not the ones who are caught? Now we know, you know, with this wretched COVID-19 business, that those people who are injected have a protection, not just for themselves, but they're protecting other people. Um, What can we do to protect ourselves from Satan's attacks? Now, in our passage, it says, be alert and sober-minded if you've got your own Bible or the children's Bible. Control yourselves and be careful. How do we control ourselves? How do we, verse 9, how do we resist him? How do we stand firm in the faith? I was reading this morning in my quiet time, if you use the explore notes, uh, it's, uh, we had Psalm 1 this morning. And there it is. Blessed is he who meditates on your law day and night. That's one way to make sure that we're protected because we're feeding on the word of God. See, Satan wants wants us not to be self-controlled. He wants us to be lazy Christians who just dabble. They're the ones who get picked off. He wants us to sin. Now, what I thought was quite interesting is the question, what is sin? You ask most people, think what they'd say. Any thoughts what sort of things would would people say is sin? Stealing? Um, Talitha, would you like to come up and help me? Thank you very much. Now, thank you, Talitha, very much for coming. Um, I want you, we've just been watching the Olympics, and you can guess what I'm going to be talking about, I hope. Can you all imagine what sport, which activity is going on here? For those who are a little dim, it's the high jump. Okay? Could you jump over that? You, you, right, I, I won't embarrass you. Um, this is the, uh, the high jump when I was about, I don't know, 12. Uh, I might be able to get over it with the, one of these flops, was it? Fronsbury flop, thank you very much. Um, But that's what most people think sin is. It's quite a low bar. Now, could you help me, do you think, to put that over the bar very carefully, right up this end, because we've got several to put. That's brilliant. What other things are there? Do you know what that says? I don't. No, don't worry. That is... Lying. So, would you like to put that one up for me? People think that these are what sin is. Thank you. Another one. Um, Here's another one. Being selfish. Why should I do what you want? Huh. 
Well done. You're doing that really well. There's another one. That's anger. Very common. Now, I don't know if there's room. Can you squeeze that anywhere? Last one, gossip. Just cover up anger. (laughs) Thank you very much, Deeth. Do you want to go and sit down? Thank you. Now, a lot of people think that that's the sort of things that sin is. It's uh, doing those bad things. And Christians, particularly, we are known in this regard. You know, Christians are people who don't steal. They don't lie. They don't steal. uh, Oh, I've got two steals. Uh, Selfish, gossiping. Christians are against sleeping around. Christians are against this. And sometimes the problem is that we Christians can get a bit smug. Because we can think, well, actually, I I, I don't do those things very much. I'm not quite as bad as other people. What a horrendous problem this is. You see, that is not what the Bible teaches sin is. Now, (laughs) the real uh, message is that the high jump is actually a high jump. I wonder if any of you know what the world record is for the high jump. Two metres 45. That is five centimetres higher than the top of that. So if you can imagine me running and doing a Fosbury flop over the top of that, I'd have to go an extra... It's ridiculous. It's in, the 50s, in the 90s it was broken, and it's not been beaten since. Now, Dave, could you help me? Um, it's it's too, too tall for me. Now, the wonderful thing is, if you get over that, you get the gold medal. Fantastic. Now, Zach, could you like to come and demonstrate? Uh, if, uh, come around here. If you stand over there, if you can jump over that, you will get the gold medal. Okay? You look a bit daunted. <laughs> no worry. But you see, the point of this is that the Bible's definition of what sin is, is uh, it's if you know to do good and don't do it, for you, it is sin. You know, Jesus said that in Matthew 22. So our standard of sin is, uh, is much higher. Now, w- w- would you like to put that up on, on the top one, just the same, please? <laughs> Well, okay. You, you, too high, too high. Give, give it to your dad, would you? See, love God is... Give that to your dad as well. It have to be this end to, to read it. See, the standard, love God, how? With all your heart. With 
all your mind. It's, it's an incredibly high standard. Uh, and, he goes on, love your neighbor as yourself. It's a bit daunting, isn't it? That's the standard. If you want to get into heaven, if you want to uh, be there to get the gold medal, that's what you've got to do. Okay? Any takers? There's only one person who's won the gold medal in this life, and that's clearly the Lord Jesus. He's the only one who's got there. None of us have loved God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind. None of us have loved our neighbors, ourselves. Has anyone here loved their neighbor as much as they love themselves? We won't, we won't succeed. When we understand this, when we understand how weak we are, we see how far short we fall of God's standard. And it's when we realize that we've got problems, it's then that Satan is out to catch us. What hope do we have? Well, I, I showed this a little while ago, but it's, uh, it, it's quite... Uh, there's my... Do you remember I showed this uh, a few months back? This shows what we are. We really don't reach this standard. And sometimes we fall for this. But if we're in the Lord Jesus, if we're part of him, he shares his gold medal with us. We've not earned it. We can't do it. But if we're part of Christ, then all the things that we've done wrong, all our sin, he changes them. And we become clean in him. That's the Christian message. Uh, the war, Lord watches, I was reading again in Psalm 1 this morning, over the way of the righteous. If we're his people, we have his righteousness. And he cares for us, he loves us. If we come to Jesus, he'll share with us his gold medal. Isn't that thrilling news? Over to you, sir. Thanks, Bernard. So, if we understand um, the message that Bernard's just given us, if we understand that we're not going for that low bar, we're not pretty good, we're not getting there, we're nowhere near then we'll understand that we need to talk to God about that. We'll understand that we need to admit to ourselves and to God that we're sorry for how far short we fall. So we're going to do that now in a prayer um, that grown-ups call a confession. Uh, so let's pray now. Father God, we know that on our own we can't be what you want us to be. We know that we do things wrong. We know that we see good things that we could do and we don't do them. And we know that we're too selfish to even see all the good things we could do. We know that we try to be better on our own, but on our own we can't do it. We're truly sorry, Lord God, 
Please forgive us for what we do wrong. And through Jesus, please help us to do better. Amen. The great news this morning uh, is that even though we can't clear that jump on our own, because of what Jesus did for us, we can be forgiven. If we acknowledge him as our king, um, we are boosted over that jump uh, on our own. Not because we get better, but because God did it for us. He redeemed going to do now is look at what the uh, this passage says to the rest of us we've we've seen uh, two points about it that he what God wants us to be alert because the devil is out to get us so we want to be right in the center of things stay close to Jesus stay close to his word and we've also seen that he doesn't want us to be anxious Uh, give our anxieties to the Lord. He's in control. He doesn't want us to worry about things. He cares for us. Now, if you've got your Bible, it's lovely if you do bring Bibles to church. Can you uh, open it at 1 Peter 5 again? And it starts uh, to the elders amongst you. That's in the Greek, the presbyteri, the, the bishops. Now, this is a family service. So what relevance has that got to most of the families? Well, it's interesting that the, what is needed in leaders of the church, elders of the church, are the same qualities that are needed for leaders of any family because an elder is a leader of the family of the church. So... I'm going to apply this very much to anyone who's leading some sort of group, some sort of family. Look how it starts. Verse 2. Look, we've got to be shepherds, to be strong leaders. We've got to be very clear that we're doing what God wants. We're not to be blown around by other people's opinions. Leaders need to be sure what the Bible teaches and keep going on that path to lead the family that's under your charge. Now, what does that mean in a family? A lot of dads seem to think, well, our prime job is to supply finance. Sure, that's a value, but they're far more important things than that. We've got to teach our children to serve. Isn't it a great shame if children are in a home and they're, they're not given their duties to help with the washing up on one day a week or to tidy their room regularly? Teach them to serve. Uh, if, if people don't learn this when they're young, they're in real troubles. I meant to say that this is the point where the youngsters can open up their little uh, the packets because in there, there's a word search for you uh, that deals with uh, words that are in 1 Peter 5. Keep you going. While this bit is particularly for the adults. So we, we need in the same way in the church, 
to help each other to serve in the church. That's part of a leader's role. I do hope all of us are helping people to discover ways to serve, to help with the young people's work, with the body and soul, whatever it is to be helping to serve. Well, how are we going to do this? We're not going to do it certainly by being a, a distant director uh, who's giving out orders from some distant armchair. Uh, look at verse 3. See there? Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples. That's good leadership. You think, how do children most learn? Do they learn most from what you say or from what you do? A lot of people seem to think it's what we say that influences people more. And if they don't obey, we get angry. <laughs> What's the effect? The youngsters will learn to react to pressures by becoming angry, by having a tantrum even. How we behave, the example that we set, is paramount. What's most important that people can see in us or in the church or in company executives, parents, an example that they deep down want to follow? We all get irritated, but how do we react? Look at verse 3 again. Being examples to the flock. <laughs> Do our children see us being students of the Bible? It's not just a matter of being a student, but those with us need to see that we're students. I remember one of the many things about my mum. Every day she'd go and spend time with the Lord. And I knew it. <laughs> you know, I was reading again this morning, Psalm 1 and 2. Uh, Psalm 1, sorry, verse 2. Uh, he who meditates on his word day and night. Are we seen to be Bible-centered people? Are we setting this sort of example to people in the church, in your home group? Now, why is this all so important? Look, look at verse 4. The chief shepherd, the Lord, is, is Jesus. He's coming back. And he'll reward us for the way we've behaved. You know, the parable of the talents makes it very clear that getting into heaven because we are followers of Jesus is one thing. But how we sacrifice after that is another. Jesus has made the first sin offering for us, but we have our offerings to make, and we will be judged on how we've lived. Do you remember that statement by Jim Elliot, the missionary to the Alka? He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep in order to gain what he cannot lose. It's those who stay at the 
fringe of things are the ones that Satan will attack. We've got to teach teamwork. We're not individual Christians. We've got to learn to work together. Look at verse 5. Young men even. They've got to be part of this. Now, the next bit is very important. Clothe yourselves with humility. Now, that's not Uriah Heap's sort of humility. You know, I'm ever so humble. A humble person is, is concerned for other people. Humility and meekness are very similar. And the word for meekness is the same word used for a stallion that's been broken in, that's under control. So a meek person is someone who's strong, but who's learnt to control it for the sake of the Lord Jesus. When I worked, uh, soon after I qualified as a medic, I took a year off and worked with uh, Dick Lucas. And he was a very strong man, but extremely humble. He was always interested in how he could help other people. In fact, Rosie and I, we went to see him, 95 years old now, still interested, still concerned about how to help others. That's humility. We, we need to encourage each other and our youngsters to develop skills. We want them to be strong. One of the great shames of Jehovah's Witnesses is that they, they think humility is not being ambitious. And they want their people to be, uh, you know, to clean windows. This is not what the Bible wants. God wants able people, but humble people, under control. Well, when we see how far short of all this, of God's standards, we're not humble. We do get angry. We do exaggerate. And then we realize that we've been given the same Holy Spirit of God. We must learn to love each other sacrificially for the sake of the Lord Jesus. And that's going to be costly. Look at verse 10. After you've suffered a little while. You see, facing problems and we all will face problems. They are allowed by God to help us mature, to become deeper Christians, relying on the Lord Jesus more and more. When you see problems, get back to the center of the herd. Don't be a fringe person. That's a great ambition for all of us. Yet, when the Spirit has made us strong and clear-minded and resolute, all we can say then is, well, thank you, Lord, for giving me this Spirit. It's him who's changing us. It's him who's made us what we are. Well, there's a lot more that could be said here, but it's very clear Peter longs for people to realize, have we all started on this road? As people read this, 
Have we turned off this broad road that Sam was talking about a little while ago? Have we put the Lord Jesus first? Are we this determined? Because we realize that what we thought were reasonable standards are pathetic compared to God's standards. We need the Lord Jesus desperately. We need to stay with him. He doesn't want us just to be Christians in name. He wants us to be genuine Christians. I remember in my first year as a student hearing a man called George Verwer give a talk in H2 in my college. I remember it very well. And he taught on a, a verse in the Bible, 1 John 3.18. Anyone know it? Let us not love in thought and in word, but in deed and in truth. And I've called myself C of E, but I realized I hadn't got this concept of what Jesus had done for me, that he'd given me the gold medal because I'm in him. He shared it. Well, God knows our hearts. Let's pray. Lord, this book of Peter's so much to say to us. And we know we are liable to the attacks of Satan. Lord, please help us to be people of your word. Please help us to be leaders in wherever we are. May people see us living by what you teach in the Bible. Lord, help us, please, to stay close to you and to relish in the fact that it's because of you and the fact that we're in you, we're part of your family, that we've been credited with righteousness. Thank you that we have a great future to look forward to you, to being with you, in spite of the problems we face. Lord, thank you for them. Help us to use them to rely more and more on you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.